This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan, happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. There's a bumper midweek of football in action that um, we've all been enjoying and we'll look back on that. Um, I'm not sure Alan was probably enjoying it that much, but uh, <laughs> Micah was uh, working hard um, as always in the studio for CBS. Uh, Alan, you were at St. James's Park, um, but even you couldn't inspire the Toon Army onto another uh, famous win. I've got to start, though, with with you, Micah. Did I see a little clip on, on social media this morning of you possibly splitting your trousers on air? <laughs> oh, my God. There's, there's always something. There's literally... Why always Meeks? Why what? always Meeks? What happened? Did you breathe out? <laughs> <laughs> it's my big thunder fires in it, Alan. So I thought you were going to say something else then. <laughs> uh. So basically, uh, we have a, a commercial break and it's uh, we're working for CBS in London from the London studio. And at halftime, there's something called the Heineken halftime. So we have to describe Other beers are available. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well said, Gary. And it comes to halftime and Mbappe scored. And I've called it. I said he's going to score first. Hmm. Uh, it come true. So then... Oh, Canel, you put your neck on the line now. <laughs> <laughs> we describe the goal and... I'd, I'd run out of things to say. So basically, I just mimicked his celebration. And if you know the Mbappe celebration, yeah, it basically, he jumps, folds his arms, and just stands there like some sort of king. So as I've done it, I've sort of jumped. <laughs> and my tr I've just heard... <laughs> and I've ripped my trousers. But, uh. but I'm with you, you know what? Carragher's like Jamie Carragher. If you don't know him, he can't let things go. So basically, he said to me, "Have I just seen a bollock? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> We're live on TV, and he's no saying, have I, have I just seen a bollock?'" So I've gone back to my seat to sit down, and he's trying to show the, the crowd what's going on with my. It was absolutely 
ridiculous. Uh, well, it's good to hear you in good spirits, um, Alan, uh, despite last <laughs> night's defeat. Bit of a, that was a downer, wasn't it, after such a great run of um, results? No, I got the uh, I got the call a couple of weeks ago to ask if I would uh, if I fancied doing the core comms for uh, for Radio Five, BBC Radio Five, mm. and I thought, yeah, of course, yeah, I'll do it, absolutely. Anyway, I got there yesterday in Newcastle. All day and all night was absolutely pissing down. So I thought oh, I'll be fine. We're sat in the press box, no problem. And it wasn't that cold. From the moment I sat in my seat at about mm. six o'clock to the moment I left it at half ten, I got absolutely drenched. Newcastle were poor. Game wasn't great. I mean, Dort- Dortmund came and did a job on Newcastle. You know, I said about the PSG game a few weeks ago that I thought they were a bit undercooked and they didn't expect mm. what Newcastle to do and all that. Well, Dortmund did. They, uh, they played the crowd really well and they played the game brilliantly. How do you um, play a crowd, Alan? Well, because you play a crowd because you know that the Newcastle fans are going to be whipped up beforehand. They were. War Flags did a great thing again all around the stadium, getting everyone pumped up. It was great at Champions League music, great atmosphere again. So what Dortmund did is they silenced the crowd. You know, whenever we used to go to Anfield, that was always what we tried to do. Mm. We just try and, I don't know, waste time. Ball goes out, someone will go down injured. Keep the ball as much as you can. Frustrate the crowd. Well, they did that. And then they played a high-risk football. When they won the ball, they committed so many men forward. And I mean, they missed two or three sitters. Great save from uh, from Nick Pope, I have to say, but it should have been in the back of the net. Couple of injuries as well, weren't they? I mean, I, I, I didn't see the football last night. I was actually out uh, at the theatre yeah Newcastle had a couple of injuries Isak went off after 10 or 15 minutes um, Murphy then came on in the second half also he then 10 minutes later had to go off he was injured so yeah it wasn't all in all it wasn't a great night for Newcastle I mean they hit the bar twice in the last 10 yeah. minutes or so Yeah. Um, but I, I've got to be honest and say I thought the best team won and they deserved to win and Newcastle's next game in the Champions League is away at Dortmund so um, it's a really tight group I think PSG are on six points Dortmund is second on four points Newcastle are on four points also and Milan are on one point I think it was always going to be a, a yeah. tough group though um, it was a big game it? that was a huge game last night because if yeah, Newcastle was. had a one it would put them on seven points and they're looking at qualification straight away but it was a game that Dortmund had to win and, and they did and as I said I thought they were the better team and did, did anyone stand out Al from Dortmund uh, yeah Schlotterbeck centre half played really well Hummels played really well uh, Marlon on the uh, on the on, on the wing played really well Wolf the right back the goalkeeper Corbell got some good players haven't they yeah I thought they were a really good team um, I, I, I mean they've played I think eight Bundesliga games won six drawn two so they're unbeaten in that I know that their first two games in the Champions League didn't go to plan but I thought they looked a really well organised well drilled team last night and played really well and deserved to win before we move on did I just hear Gary say he was at the theatre last night <laughs> hey that's a sign of getting old isn't it <laughs> Did you take your coffee with you or did you, what did you have, your hot chocolate or something like that? Was it, was the theatre yeah? is a thing for all oh. people, Alan, of okay, all Gary. ages to yeah. enjoy. Michael, what have you got to say to that, anything? Hold <laughs> <laughs> well on, hold well on. We have one of the, the best broadcasters, if not the best, on Champions League nights has gone to the fucking theatre. What did you go and see, Gary? 
I went to see Truman and the Arsonists. Um, was it any good? Um, it was really fun, actually. It was actually a night, a um, special night, and I spoke of it afterwards. It was a special night for um, for young actors um, from working class backgrounds because um, it's a little bit of a kind of tough world to get in acting um, unless you've kind of got famous dads and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, um, and, and it was fun. It was it was a play written um, by, a uh, well, it was an old Frisch play, but it was rewritten by my, uh, a friend of mine. Um, Simon Stevens. Um, he was a great playwright, and so yes. So, but I did watch because I'm such a pro, Micah. I watched all <laughs> the highlights of um, um, the Champions League games uh, this morning. So there you go. Did you take a, a lovely lady with you last night, Gary? No, I went on my own, Micah. Oh. Bullshit! You went on your own, did you? Yeah. You went to the fucking theatre on your own with with my friend who wrote the play. Oh, that's all right. Was, then. You didn't yeah. go on your own, if did that's you? Okay. I mean, come on. Okay. Right, anyway, so I wasn't at the theatre of dreams or <laughs> <laughs> anything. What game were you watching, Micah? Uh, I was watching PSG AC Milan. That ah. was the main game, but in the background you have sort of all the games because you're uh, cbs i get i suppose you don't have a, a a need to show necessarily the games from from british sides yeah um we go with so tuesday tuesday night we had the the man united game which obviously mm. was massive oh that last that penalty save on mm. nine who's had a tough time hasn't he in fact in the, the two players that were key, i mean i did watch all the, the the games well that game particularly on on tuesday night and it was lovely to see um, Maguire score the goal. He's obviously had a tough time in, in many ways, and he's bounced back brilliantly in the in the last couple of weeks. And Anana as well, who's had his problems over the first few weeks, and to make that penalty save, it could be sort of a turning point for him. And and Maguire, I think, probably already turned the corner. It was just it was just massive. Obviously, I'm the the blue half of Manchester. And when Maguire scored, I was cheering like I was a Man United fan because of the amount of mm. stick he's had and what he's overcome so mentally strong. And then Onana in the last minute, and it was Henrik Larsson's son who missed the yeah. penalty, wasn't he? He steps up. I thought he's going to coolly slide it home. But what a save from nice. Onana, because we all know Onana's not been up to scratch, but to get that moment, it was massive. So they didn't, it was a, it was an awful game, wasn't it, really? It wasn't, yeah, uh, it was they, didn't, they didn't play well at all, but they didn't have to. It's just about getting that result mm. and they got I, it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I was pleased for, for Harry Maguire. Well, obviously, he was a former Leicester player. We loved him there. Um, and it's kind of been an up and down time for him. He's always done brilliantly with with England I I think he's I think he's underrated I have done for for a long time and I think the reason for that was that the kind of ridiculous price tag that Manchester United paid um, and that's not his fault but I think if you you know you get what was it 70 80 million wasn't he so if you pay if you're paying that you know and you're getting a, a, a center half um, I th- you know I think that counted against him a little bit yes he can be caught on the turn against the very best and the very quickest but I mean, he's a really good player on the ball. Um, he, you know, he'll, he'll knock forward passes. Um, he'll keep it. He's very calm. And I th- he's excellent in both boxes. He can't defend space, though, can he? But, go? Well, that's it. You need someone alongside him with, with pace. That's for if, sure. If you're, if, you, if you're setting up a team and want to press high 
and you've got Harry Maguire on the halfway line. Um, he reads the game really well, but he does. it's just a bit slow on the turn, which is unfortunate. I think he's shown a great attitude. I mm. think he's been a great example to a lot of people. You know, when things aren't going that well, mm. um, it'd be very easy to bury your head in the sand um, and sulk and do bits that we've seen other players do over the years. But he's got his head down. He's worked hard. He's waited for his opportunity again. Um, and it must have been very difficult for him because even even the manager, I felt at times, wanted him out, didn't yeah. give him his full backing in press conferences, etc. So that must have been really difficult as well. So when he's, when he's had the opportunity, I think it's really great for him personally that he's actually played well, scored the goal, and um, he's being able to stick two fingers up to a lot of people who have criticised him. Have you, either of you, I mean, um, I think you've talked about Aston Villa, Michael, where the crowd, your home crowd has turned against you a little bit. Honestly, I, I'm i a positive person. I always like to see the, the good in people or the best in situations. But the hardest time was at Aston Villa. We don't mind the, the crowd sort of grumbling when things are not going their way, but it was on the, the, the tannoy. So we're warming up and it goes through the names. It goes through the goalkeeper and then it goes to the defender. I was number four at, at Villa. So I was normally third in the way the numbers and the goalkeeper, Guzan, then he'd go to someone else. Boo, Micah Richards, the loudest boo <laughs> you would oh ever hear. And I used to think, I've got to go play in that. What, how do I get my mm. mind right for that? But in fairness to the fans, it wasn't personal to, to me. It was the team. It was, are we getting taken over? How have we managed to slump so low? It was frustration at the whole situation. And it was justified at times because that season we were pathetic. But yeah, there was times where I thought- How were you? Did, were you, did you get down at all? You know, when you were at home and stuff like that, did it did it get to you? Or did, are you the sort of person that can to, kind of brush it? that to one side? Has to make a difference. Luckily for me, I was traveling down from Manchester. So I lived at, in mm. Presbury at the time which is just the edge of Cheshire. It used to take me about an hour 10 to get into training. If I would have been living in Birmingham, it would have got me down a lot more because I remember I was in a, um, a taxi. So I used to get trained down sometimes from uh, Leeds it was to Tamworth. And I was, I got a black cab into training. I'm speaking to a taxi driver and he, I've got my hood up, you know, because I know I'm gonna get, I know I'm gonna get abused or whatnot. I've got, I've got my hood up, and we're just speaking. This this taxi driver is the the most friendly person. All right, and then we get on to football. Loves Villa. Next minute he goes, that fucking Micah Richards. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I, I I'm I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> How do I play this? Take the hood off quick. <laughs> that's right. Do, do I turn into to Hulk Big Meeks here and have, you know, and have a go at him? But he's Please like- Please tell me you said, yeah, he's fucking <laughs> shit, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on. It, it goes on and he's like, yeah, what a waste of space he is. 
He's coming to the club, taking the money, this, that, and the other. I swear to God, I'm going, yeah, he's a right idiot, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of space. So we're, we're agreeing on something. And when I got out the, out the cab, I'm thinking, do they know it's me in the back? <laughs> yeah. And I got in and afterwards, did you I not? Did like, you not reveal yourself? Uh, no, not you a didn't. Chance not at the end. <laughs> not when you got out. And gave it. You, you should have got out. And fucking <laughs> laughing. You recognise that laugh definitely. Now, what you should have done, Mike, was got out of the cab, and when you paid him, you said, "Normally, I'm a really big tipper," and then pull the hood down. Oh, but not this time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the lowest uh, of the low point. Oh, but that's, that's awful. Uh, you get you get through it, don't Alan. You? I can't imagine you were ever given. A bit, maybe England, when you went that bad spell, did you get anything? Not nah, really. not really. Nah, no. Well, you should have done. Uh, yeah, you're right. I should have done a few times, but I can't I, I can't remember any of the home fans having a pop with me. Every away game, I used to get hammered, but not the home fans. Yeah, I remember my, I, I think I might have mentioned it before, but um, when I joined Everton and replaced Andy Gray, because he was a big hero there, and the first home game I had, it was like the... PA, Tannoy, whatever you want to call it. They were reading out the names of the team and it was like, you know, number four, whatever it was, Peter Reed, Kevin Ratcliffe, Ray, Trevor Stephen, Ray. And I was number eight. And I think Gary Lineker, number eight. Boo. That's, and that's, that's my debut. I mean, it wasn't, wow. in defense of the, a lot of the Everton fans, it was a, it was a kind of mm, a minority, but not a tiny minority. And I just thought, oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. What a start oh, this is. What a start. <laughs> I, I didn't score in my first three games and I was getting, oh, I was just getting hammered. Um, and then I started scoring, but it took me, I really, I think until around Christmas and I scored a couple of goals. I think I got three goals in the two games over the Christmas spell, I think. And one of those games was Man United. And that, that was the kind of the turning point and I got accepted and after that and, and they were full of love after that. But it was... God, it was a tough baptism. Um, yeah, so to, well done, do Harry Maguire. To do with that, yeah. Um, and he's, he's gone about everything the right way, hasn't he? Um, the way he's handled himself, the way he speaks. I've met him a number of times and he's he's such a good guy. Um, and hopefully um, this, this will be the start of a, a renaissance. And on that, let's take a little breather. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Mike Richards and me, Gary Lineker. Um, we're talking, amongst other things, um, about Champions League this week. Um, good wins for Arsenal, uh, I thought particularly. It's never an easy place to go and play in Sevilla. Unbelievable atmosphere, always there. Um, Jesus was outstanding. His assist and his goal were both um, high quality, weren't they? They were the, They were brilliant the way he turned and then played um, Martinelli in, wasn't it? Um to run down on goal was a great pass, and then he's finished to curl it and bend it in the uh, in the top corner as he did. Yeah, he was uh, he was superb, but he went off injured, didn't he? After that, yeah. so that uh, you know we'll have to keep an eye on that for the weekend and see if he's fit. It was it was a really good performance given the fact that they'd lost previously to Lons, wasn't it? Yeah, really, uh, really good. But just before we move on, I just want to ask you guys, as strikers, how good do you think Jesus? Yeah. Is because I've watched him a lot at Man City, and I always just thought he was a little bit below the the real elite. I don't know what you two think. As yeah, strikers. I think I think that's fair. I think he's a very good striker. I think what he gives you though is is a terrific energy and a work rate. And I know Alan always goes, "Oh, if it's just about work rate," but what he's also a very good player. But he's he's very good at the press, which is I think important um, in the modern game. Um, his goal scoring record, if you look at it, is is pretty darn good overall. But no, is he a Haaland? Is is he a Kane? Uh, you know, is he a Lewandowski? No, no, I don't, I don't, I think it's fair to say that's not the case. Um, but I think if he if he stays fit, um, he does a great job for for Arteta's sides, and and you can also play anywhere across the front three. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's just he's, he's below that level, but he's you know you'd take him. Most clubs would take him, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd have him at Newcastle, wouldn't you, Al? Uh, I would. I mean, I would. I would agree with you. Yeah, um, because of where Newcastle are. Um, I, yeah, I don't think he's elite. Um, well, he's not elite, um, but I think he's a good striker. Yeah, and he'll he'll always get your goals when he's fit. I mean, injuries have been a problem, an issue. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't take anything back what you two guys have said. Okay, um, Manchester City. Um, they did just march on, don't they? And um, Haaland actually. Um, th- these words don't very often come out of anybody's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> He's ended his goal-scoring drought in the what Champions was it, League. Five games, was it? Yeah, was it? something like yeah. that. Which is, you know, for him is is is, is a lot. Yeah. For for mere mortals, that's um, expected. You go little spells of four, five, six games without goal. I think it was seven. Was it seven? If I yeah, remember something correct. like that. Was it? Yeah, it was quite a few. I think, I think it was about. It there. was five hundred and forty-three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Um, Man City were outstanding, um, and I'll move on to Haaland in just a, a, a minute because there's just been all, this whole talk about Grealish and, and Doku. Doku's coming to the squad, done really well, being a little bit more direct than Grealish. Doku actually played on the right, Grealish started on the left, and Grealish had a really good mm. game. Um, and it's just another dimension 
for Haaland because there's so many times the way when Man City had Mares, he'd come on into his, his left foot. Grealish comes onto his right foot from, from the left. But Doku, he's so sharp when he just goes down the wing and crosses it in. Haaland can now make runs knowing that the ball's going to come in into the box. It's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, Alvarez has sort of taken the shine away from Haaland. Well, 37 goals. goals in 33 um, Champions League performances for Haaland, despite that drought. It's just, it's just <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Took his penalty really well, and then his his second goal, the way he chopped and hit on his right foot and bent it into the to the far corner, was just brilliant. Ready for the the Manchester derby? Absolutely, that's coming weekend. up. But before that, um, did you see? Um, the attire and speaking as, as oh. we've got two of the three of us are fashion icons obviously yourself and me Micah um, <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> what did you make of their outfits with their, that strange top you got fucking Tommy Hilminger and Hugo Dross the both of you <laughs> <laughs> Micah, uh, I'm going to let you go first because I think you already know my opinion. <laughs> and before we go any further, the fucking name and numbers on the back of the cardigans. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I must admit, I, that was... Would you go out in that, Micah? No, I mean, uh, come even on. Even if you'd had a good game, would you go out with big meeks on the back of your jumper? Are you back <laughs> of your cardigan no. with num number two on your back? <laughs> Not even I would do that. I mean, come on. <laughs> It was. What a happened? Little... I mean, they must they must go to the captain or the players' committee and. I say... should explain here, probably for for our listeners that perhaps didn't see the game or didn't see the pre-match coverage or or the social media um, stuff that um, the Manchester City players coming off the bus. This is into the ground, so um, all wearing sort of light, hugely baggy denim jeans with a, like a dark cardigan with their number and name on the back like it was a football shirt. Um, I'm not sure it'll catch on. But it wasn't It wasn't the fact that, okay, you can have your name and number, but if it was nice and discreet on the front mm. or what, it's massive, <laughs> massive, bald Haaland, hey, number you, nine. What about this? If you finish the game and, you, and, and you've had an absolute stinker you and, you walk, and you're going out to the car park, there's no hiding, is there? You've got your bloody name on your back. Oh God, you've got, you have to, you have to win when you're walking out like that, don't you? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they hadn't have won last night? But they always win, don't they? They're good. They're so good. I mean, well, how does it work? Win. Someone must say, right, guys, we've got, we're going to put this to the players' committee. <laughs> well, this is what we're going to wear. We're thinking of giving you a cardigan to wear. What, what, what actually, you mean it, from the hotel on the bus to get off at the ground? You're not on about in the dressing room. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're going to give you a, a number and your name on the back of a cardigan to the players' committee, and you've got to take that mm. to the rest of the players. I would assume that's how it works, isn't it? I noticed Pep didn't wear it. They've got us talking. They've done exactly yeah, what, what they it want. was supposed to do. I think D-Squared is the sponsor. They're thinking, okay, how can we get some more publicity. If we get the names and numbers on the back of this, everyone's going to know what it is. So, yeah. You know what it is? You, next, the fucking ambassador's coming in the match of the day with that same gear on, guys. I'm wearing I a little see next it. top. I'm wearing a little next top today. It's got my name on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what number it is. Oh. Uh, 
Micah, we want you dressed in one of those cardigans for the next match of the day we're all on together. Shall I see if I can get one? See if oh, you, you, well, yeah. if you can't get one, the ambassador of Man City. <laughs> Who can? <laughs> Who can? We'll get, we'll get fined at BBC yeah. though. What? We're not allowed to sponsor stuff, yeah. are we? Yeah. I want to give um, a, a, a brief mention to Celtic because I, yeah. I thought that, you know, there was a good performance. They're so close to getting that win that has eluded them for so long uh, at home there. And, um, and the two goals they scored were excellent. They had a great start as well, didn't they? Um, after about, what was it, three or four three minutes? minutes I yeah. could Because I was Kyogo. I was doing the radio, as I said, the Corecom's live. So, and every time a goal went, we can hear news from Celtic Park. Another goal. It was like, and you could hear the atmosphere there. So I can imagine what it was like. I've been to a few Champions League nights there when I covered them, obviously, for um, for BT. Um, God, that's an atmosphere. When it, when it gets going, I saw them play Barcelona there uh, a couple of times, I think. I think. I think they won one of them, um, actually. It's a special place. Um, Still going to be a bit much, though, isn't it? I think, yeah, they, I think need, so, they needed yeah. the three points last night, didn't they? They did. Um, it was pretty close to getting it. It's not mathematical, but it's going to be You know, a draw very, against very Atletico Madrid's yeah. a, a decent performance. Yep. Um, I can't let this particular podcast go. Um, we're recording this on Thursday morning. Um, without a little mention for a former club of mine, Tottenham Hotspur, now two points clear. If if they win um, at Palace tonight, there'll be five points clear. Title over, no? Well, hold on, hold on. I'm going to ask you that question again. Are they a better team without Harry Kane? And therefore, we're going to ask you the question once again, Micah, that you have refrained from answering uh, repeatedly. Are you saying, Micah, that Tottenham Hotspur are a better team without Harry Kane? I'm saying the rest of the team have stepped up. <laughs> Honestly. Say what you think. I mean, I must say, I must say it's quite... I, I, I had this conversation last night with a couple of Spurs fans at, at, at the theatre and, and they weren't saying about it. They were saying, can you imagine... If somehow Tottenham wow. won the league, they've got no European football, <laughs> obviously they can concentrate they're out of the Carabao Cup. If they manage somehow um, to win the league, which is still obviously highly unlikely, um, and and Harry Kane doesn't win it with Bayern. <laughs> I mean, you know, f- football oh, fans are a bit cruel, aren't they? But um, I, I think it's fairly unlikely, but God, blimey, can you imagine? <laughs> oh. I wonder what Harry's thinking. <laughs> um, I, here's a question Alan what, what, what do you think we you know we moved around a little bit all of us during our careers when when you leave a club even if it's um, you didn't leave your beloved club I left Leicester would Harry Kane be enjoying this or would he not because don't forget he's a die hard Tottenham man Tottenham fan and all that will he be loving it or will but there must be part of him going, oh, Christ, they're doing much better without me. Because we're human beings. I don't see them winning the league. They've had a brilliant start um, to Postacoglu's reign and without Harry Kane. But I, I don't I don't see them winning the league, no. Um, but there must, there must be a part of Harry thinking, can you imagine? Oh. It, oh, there has to be, doesn't it? It's only human nature. Yeah, of course. I, I still think at some stage the will, the will start to miss him and his and his crucial goals mm. that he uh, that he got. But they are I, out of yeah. one competition already. Um, they're not if in they Europe. can keep everybody fit, I mean, let's look at the two partnerships they've got at each end of the pitch: Son and Madison. Uh, 
you know, if they can keep like, they're superb. Obviously, Son in this in the nine role is is looking exceptional. Um, back to his best. Um, Madison's been brilliant, and he is brilliant. Um, and at the back, Van de Ven and Romero is is there a better defensive partnership in in the Premier League at, at the moment? You perhaps go look at Manchester City, but they tend to move around their partnership so much. What do you think, Micah, as a, as a defender? No, I think you're probably right. The only thing I would say about Spurs is Romero. He tends to get a little bit excited from time to time where it's... Uh, is that a bad thing? No. He can get himself a red card at a moment in a big game, possibly. He lets the emotion get the better of him sometimes. But as for a pairing right now, this season, they've been exceptional. Van der Ven just come in and be Cruises. so cool and calm and collected and Keep us done well as well, you know. Keep yeah. us done well as well. Yes. Have you seen his recovery pace though, uh, Van der Ven? Oh, he's rapid, isn't he? For a big lad, he can mm. shift. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're doing great stuff at the moment, Spurs. So let's see if they can sustain it. I suppose perhaps the fairer way of, of, of posing the Kane question would be, if he were there now, would Spurs have a much better chance of winning this league. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course they would. How could you no, not? No, he's he's, he's a world-class player, Mike. You can't could he not mean, play Ange Ball? I'm not, I'm not saying to have Kane, any team Can, would have I Kane. I suppose the question actually is, if you're looking at it on a tactical perspective, um, can Kane press like some presses? Because he does like that high press, doesn't he? The same intensity. Richarlison, yeah. however, out and put Kane in, put Son into wherever and... I mean, Son, Madison, and Kane would be unbelievable. Well, wouldn't it just? No, but that, that's the but thing. But Son's though, playing Alan, great it, at the top, and they're pressing and the high thing and that. Can you? It's, it's different. <laughs> How many times do we see Spurs last season where everything has to go through Harry Kane? At times, the reason why Spurs are playing so well at this moment because on the counter attack, the stretching teams, people are staying in their actual positions. Last season, everything had to come through Kane. It'd come really deep and then play it out wide, then try getting the box. Now, they can go from back to front way quicker than they can last season. All right, Micah, let me ask you this then. <laughs> Are Spurs a better team, team without Harry Kane? Kane. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Micah, get off that fence. You've got creosote all over your ripped trousers. Come on, I used to be that and come out with that shit when I started the pundits as well. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try once more, Gary. Come on, Come Micah. On, Micah, are Spurs better without Harold Kane? <laughs> Ask me in April. Oh, <laughs> you fucking shit house. Come on. Oh, dear. Uh, let, let, let's finish a couple of minutes looking ahead to the, uh, the, the Manchester derby. Tell me what it's like to play in a Manchester derby, Micah. Oh, Micah. It's, it's the only game that. I got nervous for. Did you? I mean, I've had some really good games. I remember the the first one I played, real good one. It was at home and I marked Tevez out of the game and Alan Hansen said I was going to be the best centre-half ever to grace. Uh, and what marks did you get in the newspapers that I know you're so obsessed <laughs> about on the next morning? Um, I think I got a nine. A I, nine? I, I got a nine. And that was all the papers. Uh, it was the Daily Mail, The Sun... News of the world back then. I think they even give me a nine. Closest on, you'll ever get.
get to R9. Richard's <laughs> nine. Uh, and then I had the moment which we've talked about with, with Sean Wright Phillips, where basically I didn't cover him and he got the blame. And I had an absolute nightmare in that game. A four? Had, Did you get a four? Probably a three. three. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had the six one where I got yeah. man of the match. One of the greatest ever victories at Old Trafford, bombing down the right-hand side. I, I just think- Didn't you give an assist to Aguero that day, Father? Of course I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> did I remember it like yesterday? That's, we talked about the crossing. We don't What's it to... like after a game like that, when you've won a big game in Manchester, I presume you went on a night out? Oh my God. Did, did I go on a night it? out? Milk it was a week out. You didn't have your fucking hood up then, didn't you? I knew you were. <laughs> you know what he said? We need to talk about this. We need to, because we've all won things. We've all done good things within the game. When you win something, you know, when people always say, keep your feet on the ground. I couldn't keep my my feet on the ground. I thought I was mayor of Manchester when I won the Premier League. I remember, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. We won the Premier League. It was around the time where we were sort of waiting if we was going to get in the squad for, for the Euros. And we talked about Hodgson and him not including me. So we won't go there again. So I don't know what's happening. And then we went out after, the, after we won the league. And then we went out again. I went out. I'm not exaggerating for two weeks straight. <laughs> That's a long night out. And it was just like, I was on cloud nine. That feeling, I've never been able to replace it. It was just absolute carnage. And yeah, their, their memories. You just, I don't know how someone can win a treble, then the next season go again. And the next season go again. Like when I won the league, I thought, that was it. I've, I've done what I need to do in life. I Well, you pretty much retired, didn't you, to be honest, after that, really? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, pretty much did. But it must be on the flip side, though, Micah. You know, if you're playing one of those derbies and you've been beaten, you must want to go and just sit in your house all night. You don't want anyone to see you. Mm. Oh, or did you go out? Or did you still go out and have a drink? No, to be honest, I, I didn't. When, when we lost, I didn't want to be no. seen as well. But what I used to do, I used to read all the comments, didn't I? <laughs> That that oh, Richard's no. out of position again. Oh, I used to read everything. Oh, absolutely everything. I used to go for And there's always that fan. Oh, we need a new right back. Oh, we, we can't trust youth. He's not learning. He's not improving. He's always out of position. He's, He's using always his out pace. In to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pace is always getting out of trouble. You know, all them sort of comments. And yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It was yeah. tough. I, what about I, you, Gary? I, You've played in some massive derbies. Well, there's a big one this weekend. It's not a derby, although in my day it was called El Derby, which is, of course, El Clasico now, um, which is being played this weekend at... Well, it's not at the camp now because um, they're renovating the stadium. It'd be played at um, the Olympic Stadium in Montjuic. And um, I don't know whether I've ever mentioned it before, but the first time I played in one of those at the camp now, I scored a hat-trick, Micah. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> and on that, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the programme because no one can fucking top that. <laughs> uh, Jude Bellingham scored again the other night. He's got his first Classico to look forward to. So that'll be exciting, something to look forward to this weekend. But you're right, Alan. What better place to finish than three goals in El fucking Classico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Adiós. Adiós. Sí, I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.